the blast from our past network. Wait, wait, wait! This one's not falling for it. This one ain't dumb. He's trying to trick us. Use your bomb. It's our last one. What else are you gonna use it for? So what if we make it to the rocks? We'll be dead in three days anyway. Well, I wanna live for the three days. What the hell? What's the matter? Use the bombs, for God's sake! Throw that bomb, man! Scare him away! Throw the bomb. This bastard ain't smarter than us. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are covering the 1990 movie Tremors. Dean. Tim. What did you think of Tremors? I think Tremors is pretty good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I, th- I think you're right. What do you think, Tim? What do you think of Tremors? I like it. I'm a Tremor fan. Me too. I'm a, what, what would we be called? Tremor? Tremorites? Are we Tremorites? Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah, Tremor Tremor Heads. Oh, Tremor Heads. That's a good tremor one. Tremor Heads, maybe? Tremor yeah. Heads is good. Um, um, Trembots? Uh, no. Maybe. That doesn't really work. If we had a podcast just about Tremors, we could be the... the Trem guys. Trembros? Trem oh, great one. Nailed it. Trembros. Anyways, enough of that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gone, right? Enough of that garbage. We'll edit all that yeah. out. We'll Done with st- that. Get straight to the good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of this movie. I, I was a big fan yeah. of this as a kid. Uh, I forgot actually how many times I watched this VHS. The numbers exactly, specifically, is a lot. That's how many times. I- I had the same amount of watches, Tim, on that same VHS, I think. I yeah. think I also watched it a lot. Tim, I would skip the first 10 to 15 minutes because I was afraid of it. Too scary for you. Too hey? scary, yeah, because when I when I liked this movie, I was like 10. And we've already discussed that I was afraid of things when I was 10. So I would skip the first like 10 minutes. So that I've actually only seen like five times. But I've seen from the 10 minutes on like 50 times. I believe that because... There are some similarities to this movie and Jaws, Dean. So Tim, I was I can, thinking that. I, I was going to say that to you. I can see why little Dean was afraid of this. Terrified, in fact. Yes. yes. This is just, this is a great action horror movie for like yeah. very young teenagers. Like that's the sweet spot, right? I say, yeah. I say that having watched it now and I still loved it. I thought it was fantastic. But the sweet spot for this is like if you're, maybe 12 or 13 or 14, somewhere in there, this movie just rocks. Yeah. yeah. I okay. think it's straight up a great movie. Like It, it is. It, it is very entertaining, but I think it is also really good. I'm kind of at the point in my life where I'm going to consider a great movie, a movie that just doesn't waste your time, like doesn't have fluff in it, doesn't just put stuff in to try to be like stylistic or, I don't know, edgy. Uh, and this one just didn't have any of this. This was your classic 90s, hour and a half movie, full yes. of fun, full of excitement, full of great acting. Just nailed it. Yeah, I love these hour and a half movies to just get right to it. Yeah, there's no time just to put garbage in there. So, yeah. Nice. Well, it was released in 1990, as mentioned, with a budget of $10 million, It grosses... 17 million so uh, so close tim so close to money doubled so close but listen so close if we could only take vhs sales into account this Mm -hmm. probably would have been money tripled or quadrupled because this is like this is back in the day when these movies made their money off of vhs sales oh yeah yeah for sure like think about it think about 
every video rental store in North America that would purchase a copy of this movie to have it on the shelf. Well, for sure. And you were saying like back in the day, those VHSs were like 80 bucks. They were ninety nine ninety nine. Can you imagine that? Man? No. And then what if your VCR ate it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How pissed <laughs> totally, off would you be? Yeah. Man. You're so dead. Oh, or like your kid, your kid just pulls out the tape for no reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Listen, there are seven Tremor movies. Did you know that? <laughs> no. If you gave me a guess, I think I would have, I would have thought there was four so i would have said five just to just to like give myself a little bit of room seven come on have you seen any of them no no way man no way i've seen i've seen two like i've seen number two okay yeah yeah just i don't know i I didn't i didn't see any reason to go go on with it no it wasn't super memorable i think i remember the monsters had legs and well, that didn't make any sense. Who's who's watching these movies? Somebody's watching these movies because they're to still make seven being of made. Them? Yeah. I think there's yeah. even one like in production as we speak. I think there's another one coming out. Tim, that's more than Jaws movies. Yeah, I know. Way more. Come on. Directed by Ron Underwood. He's done a couple of things. Uh, City Slickers, Mighty Joe Young, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Nothing, hmm. nothing really like mind-bending or very impressive there but he's directed a few movies yeah i don't really love any of those movies no definitely not and i actually really don't like some of them actually to go the complete (laughs) other route (laughs) to go the opposite way Uh, yeah uh, yeah exactly i think i walked out on mighty joe young to be honest with you in the theater i've seen mighty joe young it's fine yeah i I haven't walked out of many movies i definitely walked out of that one yeah not what i was expecting yeah. I, w- I was kind of looking for guerrilla rage and I didn't didn't really right, get that. Right, right. So you so you you weren't walking out to pay more money to them uh, no. to walk back in because no, you appreciated it so no, much. I wasn't doing that. No, I was just walking okay. out. <laughs> just out and gone. It was at the cheap theater where it was like a dollar ninety nine to watch the movie. Oh, so what a you great could, place that was. Oh yeah. You could completely feel comfortable just getting up and walking out and yeah. being like, I don't know, like I got to hang out at a place for half an hour for a buck ninety nine. That's fine. That's good. Yeah. Good enough. I'm good. And Tim, let's be honest. You, you were cutting school to see that movie anyways. No, so no, it was were... in the evening. It was in the evening. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> nah. I don't think I really did that, but... No, I don't think I did that either. I cut school, but it was to stay home and watch uh, Princess Bride. Oh, nice, yeah. And eat chips. Of course. Eat chips. You, yeah, you get your fake illness. That happens yeah, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. my tummy hurts so bad today. Can I have w- some chips? Would really like a bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> it would really make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had any candy, gummy worms would be great. <laughs> uh, written by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. Now, these two have paired on some movies before. The Land Before Time. It's actually a very, cool. very good movie. Great movie. Tremors, ooh, one, two, three, four. Wild Wild West. And Short Circuit ooh. 1 and 2. Hey. You ever see those? Of course. I'm confused by those. Short Circuit? Yeah, even as a kid, when those came out and they were directed yeah. at, at me, I didn't understand them. I was like, I don't know. I could I could never really figure out how I was supposed to be feeling in those movies. Right. I, right. I'd hate to watch one of those now. I just, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, Tim, you should you should revisit. Really? Yes. Tim, Johnny Five, That if we're talking best friends, Johnny Five is one of my best friends. Uh, maybe we should cover that movie then. Because I, yeah. I wouldn't mind revi- revisiting it if you're saying it's okay. I just thought it'd be garbage, but... Maybe. Hey, hey, listeners. Oh, hey, thanks for joining listeners. Maybe Short Circuit comes up. Maybe. 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 Keep an eye out. That would definitely be a double feature, though, just so you know. Keep an eye out on a Friday for that one, not Monday. (laughs) Yeah, keep an eye out on a Friday. Don't have your eyes peeled on Monday morning. (laughs) Don't don't search the feed for (laughs) Short Circuit on Monday morning. No, no, no. no, It it won't be there. (laughs) Now, Dean, this cast, this has got to be giving the Prometheus cast a run for the money in Dean's book. Right? Am I right? Well, you're not. <laughs> oh, come on. This cast is so, knocking it out of the park. Come on. This cast rules. This cast does rule. And everyone is actually acting pretty great. You know what, Tim? I laughed at first, but now that I'm really running down, there's a lot of my a lot of my favorites are in this movie. It's a good cast. It's a good cast. It's okay, it's fine. It's number two to your Prometheus. Uh, the effects 
were done by Amalgamated Dynamics, which is Stan Winston's special effects company, and they specialize in animatronics and prosthetics. Now, this company worked on Alien 3, Mortal Kombat, Mm -hmm. Mars Attacks, Alien Resurrection, Starship Troopers, and they won an Academy Award for Death Becomes Her. Nice. Yeah, very nice. The year they won for Death Becomes Her, they were actually also nominated for Alien 3. So they were up for two Academy Awards in the same category. Wow. That, like, and all those movies look great. And we talked in our Alien 3 episode how much better the, like, animatronic alien looked than the CG. Like, the CG was just garbage compared to that. Yeah, I am so... I'm so impressed by those animatronics, and I'm so impressed in this movie um, with how this monster looks. So that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome to know that they, they worked on all those movies. Um, Death Becomes Her, great win. Like, that movie looks amazing. That movie, Tim, we're talking about movies that scared little Dean. Wow, that movie made me very, very scared. I'm sure it did. I think I watched it at our cousin's, and I think I went home crying. Oh, really? Oh, yep. <laughs> wow. Jeez. It's terrible, Dean. Yeah, the heads fall off in that movie, don't they? Yeah. Now, this movie was conceived by the writers when they were both working for the U.S. Navy as filmmakers tasked with creating educational safety videos. That's an interesting job just right there. And yeah. while they were out shooting one day, they climbed on a large desert boulder and asked, What if there was something that wouldn't let us off this rock? They started brainstorming ideas and came up with the idea for land sharks. That's amazing because I've never thought that before. And watching it this time, I was like, this movie is Jaws. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's Jaws. It's Jaws evolved for the land because they do some things. Yeah. They actually kind of evolve it in a really nice way. We can get to that a little bit later, but... Now, land sharks, not the most clever of names, let's be honest with you, but lucky for them, land shark was already a character on Saturday Night Live, so they'd need a new name. (laughs) Great. (laughs) They are so lucky. They lucked out there. I know, they really did. So the original screenplay is finished with the title Beneath Perfection. And from there, I have absolutely... No idea how they got to the final title of Tremors, but it, yeah. I, I just would think it's a good thing they did. Uh, Tremors it's is a good name. way better. It's just way... It, especially when you're trying to sort of have a horror movie. I mean, it's, I guess it's more thriller, but it's, you know, it's kind of thriller horror. Tremors sounds way cooler and more mysterious than Beneath Perfection. Beneath, beneath Perfection, I feel like we're actually going to be doing something beneath. And I I just don't, yeah, I don't think it's a, it's definitely not better than Tremors. To be honest with you, I only just got it. I only just got Beneath Perfection, just saying it right now, that it's the town, the city is called Perfection. Oh. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. It just sounded (laughs) terrible to me. I was like, what? Beneath Perfection. Hmm. Like there's a a perfect organism beneath the ground. I guess, I guess that, I guess that works, but I get it. Hey, everybody, I finally got it. Tim, you're in on the joke. You can laugh along with everyone now. We think it's so funny. I actually think that's a great name now. Oh, I don't. I still don't like it. Tim, do you think they would have made seven of these things beneath Perfection Seven? Mm, I don't know. I think the actually the more the higher you go with the numbers, I think the more impactful it sounds. <laughs> Rather than Tremors, I feel like it goes the other way. Like Tremors sounds great. By the time you get to Tremors like seven, Tremors yeah. Five. I think that gets repetitive, but Beneath Perfection 6. That's a movie I might check out. Just to be honest with Beneath you. Beneath Perfection 6, approaching the Earth's core. Like, we just got to keep going lower and lower, right? Beneath. Deeper and deeper. The problem with that name is, like, perfection is utterly destroyed in, in Tremors 1. So, <laughs> I guess they'd have to <laughs> rebuild every time. Right. Or there'd be just different towns. Different cool town names. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually just the Beneath series. Right. I think we're onto something here. Yeah. Actually, I think we're at the point where we move on again. I think we're at that point again. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's one of those things where we talk about for too long, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, let's get right into the story then. Okay, let's do it. We start off and Kevin Bacon is taking a piss. You, Perfect uh, starting. You just can't say that about very many movies. No, but you should say it about more movies. All right. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. I will always be engaged in the movie. If we start and Kevin Bacon's taking a pee and we're zoomed way out, I'm in. <laughs> I'm I'm on board with that movie right away. Okay. Beautiful scenery. It's just beautiful. Yeah. It looks yeah. like it should have been a bunch of set pieces of mountains, but they're actually just out in the mountains. It's gorgeous. That's what I thought. Yeah, when I was I was trying to pay attention to that, and when I when I looked at those mountains in the background, I was like, I think they're actually there. I think they're actually out in the mountains. Yeah, they're there. We meet Kevin Bacon's buddy Earl, and they enjoy a nice cigarette. Yeah, they take some time to build this camaraderie between the two, and then they come across Rhonda, and she's there studying seismology for the summer. Rhonda. Has been getting some strange readings, though. Uh-oh. That's strange. That's, Tim, that's strange. Yes. But how is that for an immediate setup of a movie? Yeah. I liked it. It's such a quick setup with the dynamic between the two. Like, right away, you know that they're that those type of friends that just, like, are best friends, but also just dig at each other all day. Yeah. Um... It's so good. It's I just I'm engaged right away. I like both of them right away. And then yeah, you bring in new character, something someone who's new to this uh, environment and is finding strange readings. Scientist who's finding strange readings. Love it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun stuff. So Kevin Bacon and Earl head off and they roll into the city of perfection. Population fourteen. It's and small. It's very small. And we meet the supporting cast, which is basically the rest of that city. Yep. We meet Melvin, the annoying kid everyone hates. We meet Bert, played so perfectly by Michael Gross, uh, the dad from Growing Pains. I just, I love this guy so much, dude. Yeah, so good. He filmed this almost like immediately after Growing Pains wrapped, like the series wrapped. Oh, okay. Uh, he. This is just such a different character from the character he plays on Growing Pains. I didn't know he had it in him. You know when you see someone on a show playing a certain character for so long, and then they go and do something completely different, and yes. you didn't even know that they could do that? It, this totally. was This was th- that for me. It's just I couldn't believe like this shocking. character he's playing. And he does such a good yeah. job. Uh, we meet his, his wife, Heather, played by Reba McIntyre, which is a bit of a surprise, but she does a great yeah. job. She's also great, yeah. Yeah. And, oh my goodness, we meet Walter, played by Walter, Victor man. Wong, better known as Egg Shen from Big Trouble in Little China. Egg Shen himself. Egg, I forgot Egg Shen was in this movie. I was so happy yeah. to see his beautiful face. It just I was made so me smile. Happy. I loved it. Yeah. There's Nestor, a Peter Weller lookalike. Did you oh, totally. Pick up on that? Like, holy smokes. I thought it was Peter Weller for a second. Yeah. This guy's pretty forgettable, but he was. That is what his face looks like. Yeah, totally. And we rounded out with Miguel. I love Miguel. Oh, Miguel is <laughs> He's so good. So great. I remember all of Miguel's lines because Miguel rules. He delivers every line like it is so meaningful, and it is. Yeah, exactly. There's a few characters in this movie you could just drop out and nothing will yeah. change. Miguel yeah. is not one of them. This totally. guy is. He he needs to be in there. Love it. Now we see that Rhonda is noticing some seismic activity now. That's a strange thing to, to have happen. In I, perfection, I wonder when, they're in the middle of nowhere. I wonder what that's all about. Do they even have earthquakes there? I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, we see something start to follow her, and we see the ground bulging up. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, this is this is an interesting part because Groundhogs. this is where I start this is where I start thinking they're doing the jaws thing. They're doing the jaws camera at water level. Yes, of course. And I was like, but it doesn't quite work with this because we're on top of the ground, but the ground was moving underneath. Well, fair enough, you know? but what what I figured that to be, like cuz I'm on the same wavelength as you as I'm yeah. seeing the parallels, you know, they they also eventually get to that underground camera. 
which works yeah, terribly true. because you're underground. Oh, yeah. All you can see <laughs> is the mud directly <laughs> in front of your face. It works when you're underwater because you can see <laughs> right. into the distance. It ter- yeah. works terribly in the land. But the bulge, I, I, um, I thought the bulge was very similar just to the ripple in the water above. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. the fin, the fin being The up. fin, yeah, like, so totally. I, I think that, I think it does work. The bulge, I, I like love the, the bulge. underground. I think the bulge is so cool. Yeah. So, some Sometimes in the movie they do the, like, kind of like the shark perspective above ground, even though yeah. the thing is below ground. And it, it, That's actually true, It yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense, but I don't care because I think that it works visually better than the ones they do under the ground. We're just like, yeah. what am I going through here? I'm just going through, I'm speeding through a bunch of mud. I can't see anything. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't make visual sense, but it's also really uh entertaining. Like I love when they go ground cam and they start following someone. So Well, that's just I, terrifying. Yeah. It's just terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. For, exactly. for like it's a kid terrifying. to watch that, it's that's building the terrifying anticipation uh, yeah. of like when is when is whatever this thing we're behind or we're seeing through its eyes, when is it just gonna grab the person? And they it, they yeah. always get so close, right? They just they just about get there and then they get away. Yeah, and to be fair, like we've seen this movie, you know, hundred times. Um, at this point in the movie, if you're watching it for the first time, you don't know these things are all underground. So no, you don't know what's going. It could on. also be teasing you that it's on top of the ground with that camera perspective. Right. So Earl and Kevin Bacon. If you haven't picked up on it yet, I'm calling him Kevin Bacon the whole time. Great, I, I love it. I don't know why I wouldn't. So that's um, that's who we got here. He's Kevin Bacon. That's that's who he is. Yeah, so they're handymen of this small town, and they've finally decided it's time to leave. It's time to move on, and really, yeah. who could blame them? There's just just not a lot there for them. No, and you know what? The thing that like made them want to leave is cleaning up shit. You know, sucking sucking shit out of the ground, and it it sprayed everywhere. You know, that'll do it. That'll do that'll it. That'll do you. it for anybody. It'll make me quit, that's for sure. Yep. Now, they're on their way to Bixby. Now, I looked this up. The population of Bixby, Oklahoma in 1990 was 9,449 people. So these two are on their way up. They're going to the big city. Wow. (laughs) Tim, I live in a town with that many people right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's small. (laughs) Look out, Bixby. (laughs) <laughs> that's right think go. of how many think of how many uh sewers they could clean out oh, in yeah. bixby so many oh they'll they'll make if they're making a living in in perfection think about yeah. the the money they'll make in bixby yes it's, it's actually and these in it's almost incomprehensible how rich these guys are going to be if they came back to perfection after working in bixby for just like a year oh man Oh, they just buy it. They just buy perfection. They just buy perfection. <laughs> There'd be hot shots there. It'd be yeah. huge. Now, on their way out of town, they see a buddy of theirs stuck up on a power pole. And they mm. think he's just drunk. But when they yeah. climb up to check him out, they find that he's dead. The doctor said he died of dehydration. But why wouldn't he come down, Dean? I don't know, man. That's strange. It's strange. This is... This is the thing, one of the things um, I could not watch as a kid. Like, this just dead face, dead eyes thing um, just freaked me out. This is kind of brilliant. The first person that dies in this movie doesn't die by the hands of the monster. Right. And that is really cool. Dies of basically... Dies of fear. Fear. Of the monster. Fear. Just like Jaws. Just like Jaws. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, why? Jaws 4, man. That's how Martin Brody died. They say he died of a heart attack, and Ellen thinks it was out of fear of the shark. Right. Even though Martin killed that shark two times with no fear, finally no fear he retires and dies of fear. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm actually surprised we never dug into that in our, uh, no. our walkthrough of the no. Jaws franchise. We were too upset that they wanted the shark to eat him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we couldn't get over that that and the fact that he liked tomatoes oh yeah he was the tomato king <laughs> i forgot 
Um, I love it. I love this starting. I just like, so now we know that someone has, we know that someone has died and they know the characters know that someone's died, but they have no idea why there's no sort of hint at all that it would be some sort of monster. They're confused because he has a gun with him up there. So they're like, why would he be afraid up there with a gun? You know what? There couldn't be someone just scaring him on the ground. He's holding a gun. Why wouldn't he just shoot at him? Um, so they're very confused about the situation, but they know something, you know, something's up. And I, I just love this cool mystery setup, basically. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Now we see that some sheep are acting weird and there's an old man tending to them. And he gets mm. sucked into the ground. Mm. What the hell's going part on, two. Dean? Part two, I couldn't watch. Are we still in the first 15 minutes, I guess? It, totally, yeah, yeah okay. definitely. Well, Earl and Kevin Bacon are on their way further out of town. And they come upon the same farm. And they find the head of this old man. Oh, scary stuff. Scary stuff. They obviously think there's a murderer on the loose. And yes. th they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Yeah, they think that this murderer scared this guy up the pole. They think this murderer cut off this other guy's head. So this is like, this is a serious murder. He's cutting people's heads off. He's he's skilled. He's skilled. Now, next to go are some construction workers. So Kevin Bacon and Earl continue on their way to Bixie to get the help from the police now. But the road is blocked. Mm. They can't get out. So they have to go back right, to... Perf so, go ahead. Because of the construction worker killing, um, while that happened, the rocks that they, where they were working, the rocks kind of tumbled down and blocked the road. Right. And that construction worker killing was also where I was thinking very, very Jaws-like, um, where the jackhammer gets stuck in the, in the creature underground yes. and then the creature like runs away basically. And you just see the jackhammer being pulled through the ground. And that just reminded me of like the the shark dragging something behind it and you just all you see is the thing it's dragging for sure that was really cool with the jackhammer but yeah i i mean it's very clear why you didn't like the first part of this movie because they really rack up a body count in a scary way at the beginning of this movie yeah there's four in a scary way right at the beginning um and kind of from here on out there's not very scary things that happen so this is actually where i'd start watching the movie right after this right after this road cave in yeah and right after this uh, this road cave in, Kevin Bacon and Earl head back to perfection, and they find a part of a weird creature that bit onto their truck. Oh yeah! And Walter Egg Shen offers them five bucks for it. He wants it, right? <laughs> Walter Egg Shen. It's it's gonna go into the what's it gonna? It's gonna go into some sort of meal probably. Yeah, no kidding. It's going to go into one of those drinks he makes. Yeah. He oh, puts yeah. wind and fire in and exactly. <laughs> snake. <laughs> Apparently, this thing stinks too. And I really mm. love how many times they go back to the well with this one. Like anytime oh, yeah. anybody encounters this creature, they just mention how bad it smells. I just thought totally. that was a really funny ongoing joke in the movie. Oftentimes, ongoing jokes kind of fall flat, but they this one was great. Like every character said something about it. Um, yeah. There's a funny line of... They smell worse alive than dead. Um, it's, yeah. There's a lot of funny, funny things going on. So I, I really liked that. Um, but now it's time for more people to get killed, Dean. Right? We got to kill more <laughs> people. So Perfect. this, <laughs> this was got to keep this thing moving. Got to keep, keep the death train going. rolling. We yeah, got to get gotta, this in under an hour and a half. We got to right. keep moving. Got to keep the kids scared. This was a great death scene where the creature takes down an entire station wagon. And they're just slowly unveiling the creature as well. So you start with nothing. Yeah. You start with a little. Uh, then we see this little like snake head that had attached itself to their car. Then at this point, we see that there's multiple snake heads. Uh, yeah. Just a very, very good job of pacing this creature out. Definitely. Walter, Dean, Walter is selling pictures with the snake monster for three bucks. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude's a businessman, hey? He's a businessman because, Tim, there's 14 people in perfection. I know. So if everybody wants a picture with this thing for three bucks, he's making a killing off this thing. He bought it for 15. I know. Think about it. Yeah, you got 13 times three. So this, like, that's insane profits. 30, 39 bucks. Five. That's, Tim, that's money doubled. <laughs> he did it. Boom. Walter did it. 
Yeah, Walter's a good businessman. And then once once that uh, those pictures are taken, yeah, into the soup, into the soup with that thing. <laughs> right, and he's definitely making or a soup snake with burger. That thing. Snake burgers. Who's not buying a snakehead <laughs> burger? True, man. I would buy one. I would totally buy one, especially when there's pictures of that snake on the wall with people. I would definitely eat that. Speaking of things on the wall, did you see the menu on the wall and the prices on the menu? Yeah, wasn't something six bucks? No, it was like, it was awesome. It just took me back. I'm like, why can't things be like that anymore? It was like a burger and fries, two bucks. Uh, like hot dog uh, fries, $1.99. Yeah. It was just, everything was nice. so cheap. Yeah. You know what was six bucks actually that I saw on the wall? Haircuts. Oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> he gives haircuts for six bucks. That's yeah. another one. He does everything, man. Egg Shen does everything. You can't get a haircut for six bucks nowadays. <laughs> no way. So Kevin Bacon and Earl get nominated to ride horses to Bixby for help because the road's out. And that doesn't work out very well. And they get attacked by the creature again. And what we get to see here, finally, is that the creature is not small at all. It's a giant underground worm-looking creature, and it releases the smaller snake-like things from its mouth. So Kevin Bacon and Earl are running away from this thing and the creature accidentally smashes into a concrete wall and kills itself. Yeah. Now, yeah, like you mentioned it before, but this full-size creature here looks amazing. This thing just yeah. looks you I mean even now, it even now it looks amazing. There's, it looks great. Yeah, it it's because because it's just uh like a a creature that they made a a a puppet they made or whatever like this it it is it looks so good it looks so gross because it's also something that like ran into a wall so they got all this bloods and blood and guts in it and everything um and i just wanted to say about it first appearing where we know it's big um is just it, it was a great uh bit of dialogue actually from these two guys um from earl and kevin bacon because it, it, it like freaks out the horses. So the horses kick them off. So they're on the ground and then they realize it comes out of the ground. And then, you know, it's just the snake heads at first. And then that bulge happens and it happens where they're standing. So it's like they start to get lifted off the ground. And Kevin Bacon says there must be a million of them because they think they're just these little snakes all working together to lift the ground up. And then it bursts out and Earl's like, or just one big one. And it's such a great moment. It looks so cool. Um, it's like, then it screams at them, you know, and it's kind of scary, opens its mouth, the snakes come out. Yeah. Just a great moment. Um, then I love the crashing into the wall because we get, since this is, I think, a PG-13 movie, we get the one fuck in the movie. You get one F-bomb. Where Kevin, yeah, Kevin Bacon gets to yell it at the at the uh, the monster. And it's it's a good moment to drop it. I like it. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. It's I, I loved it smashing into that wall. Yeah. It's really cool to introduce the full creature to us and then immediately kill it immediately kill it i you don't really see that in other other things just it was really well played so you're kind of like well all right they or or maybe it's not dead maybe it's going to come back to life or something but but no it's dead and Rhonda shows up and she tells us her seismographs are showing that there's three more of these things so there you Yikes. go. That's what's yeah. going on here is don't don't worry that they killed one. There's three more to go. So the creatures have been making their way towards the city of perfection, according to the seismographs. And yeah. they have finally made it there. And they start to attack and destroy the town. And this is just full of fun sequences here. Oh, it, yeah. It is just such a great part in the movie with just because nobody else really knows about what these things are or what's going on. And they just hit the town and start just causing chaos. And um, Walter is unfortunately the first to go when these things hit the town. Uh, yes. You know what? He really could have used that six demon bag here. Like that really would have worked out actually perfectly for him. It would have been really nice. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not, it wasn't to be actually, you know what? Jack Burton would have fit in perfectly in this movie. Oh my goodness. Think about that for a second. I know. We don't Jack actually we Burton don't need Earl. Let's get rid of Earl, Kevin Bacon, yeah. and Jack Burton. That would have been oh my goodness. so much fun. So good. Jack or Jack Burton just rolls with the punches, you know, so easily that 
he would have had such great ideas for this movie. He would have had such oh, yeah. great ideas to deal with this monster. <laughs> oh, man. That would have been so good, man. He takes out that boot knife and just tries to stab it at some point. I want to see it. I, I need to see it, he man. He pulls out his boot knife and it goes flying because he can't hold on to it. <laughs> and then he disappears. Man, that would have been so good. <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And he he's pretty, like, he's sort of a different character than uh, Kevin Bacon was. So they would they would yeah. play well, I think, off each other. Kevin Bacon in this movie he is incredible. He has this amazing voice that is really high pitched and should be whiny, but it's not. Yeah. It's just I love everything he says. Everything yeah. he says is so funny and so uh, so just on point. I, I would never say anything like that. And I don't know why he says it like that, but it works so well. I, I love him in this movie. I love his voice. Yeah, he does. Excellent job. Excellent job. But yes, team him up with Jack Burton. Let's go. They would have saved Dave Chen. Tremors eight. Yes. Slash Big Trouble in Little China 2. Crossover. <laughs> Love it. Big Trouble in Little Perfection. Ooh, I like it. Hey, now. Tremors in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too, man. <laughs> okay. So the people quickly learn here. They need to get as high up off the ground as possible. And I think it's safe to say that we're all just waiting for Melvin to get eaten here. Oh, yeah. 100% Tim. Melvin, Melvin has got to go. He's so annoying. I, I, He's so annoying. I do not like Melvin. He's always faking out that he's being hurt. So you know one of these times he's going to really be in trouble and no one's going to believe him. Um, at this point, we know that the monsters cannot see and they are underground. So they basically feel the vibrations through the ground. So that's how they are finding people. Um, so this is uh, creates an interesting thing, you know, a fun thing in this town where they're trying to be quiet so that they will not draw attention of the monsters towards them or anything that sort of bounces on the ground, you know, like a basketball bouncing on the ground or whatever it is. They just want to stop um, making any sort of noises so that they can hide from the monsters. That's actually a really great point that you bring up because I've seen it a lot. And that's just something I take for granted. I actually yeah. never even considered that as a thing this time because I know. I know that's what's going on. But I wonder if that's where the idea for A Quiet Place came from or has oh, something to do with that. Because like, that's the yeah. exact same thing. Like You have to be so quiet or else these things are going to come and immediately get you. So that's interesting, man. Good point. And that is the thing. It's like if there is noise, they are there They're right there. They're right there. They're and they right don't there. leave. They it's don't like leave. they've been... No, it's like they've been waiting. It's like they, when you ran in and hid somewhere, they just waited until they heard another noise. So they'll stay there for hours until they hear another noise yeah. and they're right there. That's right. They're smart. Like they know that if they hear yeah. the noise on that building, if they don't hear any more noises, they know you're on that building. They know you haven't left you that didn't building. Move. The only yeah. reason they would go somewhere else is if there's more noise somewhere else. It seems like instinctually they can't help right. themselves, but go after the noise. Yeah. Um, Bert and Heather come back to town to see everyone on the rooftops. A creature starts heading towards them and ends up breaking through the wall of the last place you'd want to find yourself. Right yes. in the middle of Heather and Bert's mega bunker. Yes. Tim, best scene Dude, in the movie, right? I, I, I was going to say, obviously, I love this scene. It, yeah. This is for sure the best scene in the movie. This is the best scene in a lot of movies that it wasn't even totally. in. Yeah. Like there's so many guns down there and they just keep pulling them off the wall and shooting at this thing. Oh my goodness. They use, um, they use so many different weapons. They use handguns. They yeah. use shotguns. They use flares. They use machine guns, all different kinds too. Not just one of each, but they all pull out a bunch of different kinds. They're both shooting at it. And it all culminates with a giant elephant gun <laughs> that Bert like yeah. breaks out of a case. <laughs> it's yes. like his collector's item that he probably never thought he'd even be using. He has yeah. to smash it out of a case. And that's what finally puts the creature away. It's so much fun. Yeah. Oh, man. What I love about scene. it is that that creature basically never has the upper hand. Like it breaks in and it just starts getting fed by all these bullets and everything. And it's just trying to like, it's trying to do whatever it can, but it's really just getting bullet and bullet. And the scene's so good because it shows you how much it takes of like takes bullets to kill this thing. Yeah. But then when they kill it, 
And Bert's just like, you broke into the wrong rec room, you son of a bitch. And I'm just thinking, yeah, totally. Think of this monster who's just been cruising around, you know, terrorizing people. He's like, all right, a basement. Let's do it. <laughs> Breaks right in and just gets lit up. Yep. It is such a good moment in the movie. You've, you've heard these two talking it up the whole movie and you finally see the action. You're like, okay, this is pretty good. They had a good plan. Yeah, they've been preparing for the end of the world. <laughs> Yeah, they're uh, probably so, so pumped about this. They've got their bunker. They've got like all the food and water. They got every gun you can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So they're loving this. So that's two creatures down and two to go. And I'm still calling them creatures. But at this point, we basically know they're called graboids because that's what right. um, Walter had come up with as a name for them. So, uh, so strange. <laughs> so great. Graboids because they can grab graboids. You. The little snakeheads it's can a grab great, you. It's a great name. And... At the point where Bert kills one, um, he radios back to Kevin Bacon that he's killed one of the mother humpers. Right, because you can't say the F-bomb F again. Yes. So here's the thing. They're saying the F word. I saw Kevin Bacon's mouth say the say fucker did you really and they they dubbed over humper so that they can make it a pg-13 movie so i think they nice. both said it in that moment and then they dubbed it over so that they can make it pg-13 because <laughs> i always thought humper was so i don't strange. want humper i don't want i don't want to hear mother humper in any scenario never again it just doesn't Stop sound it. good that's actually more offensive than than the other which what the other would be yeah now apparently bert can't get the other two. He's trying to shoot from his roof down at them and through the ground, but his gun just won't penetrate the ground. Right. Here's my question. Yeah. Why not just go back into your bunker? Make some more noise. Make some noise. And shoot the other ones when they come through the wall. Like yeah, it's it just seems obvious to me. It's already worked. Just do the exact same thing again. Yeah. Tim, that's exactly what I was thinking back with the first one. I was like, why don't you guys just hang out by this <laughs> cement wall, make some yeah. noise, and then when it charges oh, you, just jump, look jump, at you. try to jump across like you did and smash into the wall. Look at you. You're even, you're way ahead of me. Look at that. Yeah. I never even considered you could do that trick on the uh, the concrete wall the again. First, the first one. Wow. <laughs> nice, Dean. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Nestor is the next to go. Uh, I think this guy just at one point wanted to fist fight the Graboids. I think so, yeah. Like, this guy was all talk and nothing else. He, no. He's gone. He's gone. The creatures are now starting to get the upper hand, though, because they've figured out how to destroy the foundations of the buildings. Right. So all these buildings that they're on top of are getting very close to sinking. Yeah. It's like in, in all these, these scenes here where the buildings are rattling and, um, you know, almost like there's, you know, the tremors are happening. I just notice how great the sound effects are in this movie. Oh, Because yeah. as these buildings are shaking, you've got all sorts of different sounds going on. You've got, like, bottles smashing. You've got wood, like, smacking together. Metals banging. Um, just all these things that would be happening if a building is getting, like, brought down from its foundation. I just thought the sound was very realistic, very well done in this movie. Yeah, definitely. So the people are now forced to come up with a plan. Shit, eh? Gotta make a plan. We need a I plan. Love it. We, they need a it's plan great. now. It's great. They got but... the two best plan makers in perfection. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right? The they got best? Kevin Bacon and Earl. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right they about gotta that. They got to be. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that, but they are the two best. They want to use the caterpillar to drag an old trailer that they can load everybody into. That's a good plan. It's a great plan. Yeah. When I when I skipped the beginning of the movie when I was a kid, I didn't really get a lot of this stuff because they kind of set all this stuff up at the beginning and I would just skip it. So I never understood where all these what they were talking about cuz like that that cat's at the beginning of the movie. And I just like, right, was like, where do they get all these things? Like, why do they, where, where's this stuff from? So Kevin Bacon makes a run for the cat. And in a really fun scene, he just about gets caught. He's able to make it out and pick up everyone. And they start heading towards the mountains where they'll be safe. Now, Tim, he kind of, 
I was just going to say he kind of gets out of this with some dance moves. Oh, he does very a, nice. He does a little footloose for us. Very nice, Dean. Very nice. Yeah. He It's true he does. <laughs> he sort of, in a small way, cuts, in a small way. cuts loose. In a small way, too. He, he cuts, he cuts foot, loose. He cuts footloose. In a small way. I love that. Yeah. I love that take. And so now, and Tim, now this is two horror movies we've watched with Kevin Bacon in them where he does a little dancing. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, the guy's he's a born dancer. He's a born like, Once a dancer, dancer always man. a dancer, man. Yeah, for sure. One thing I wanted to say was that in this whole cat scene, they show you when they're on the buildings, like when it's still in the buildings, they show you that how far away the cat is. And from that camera shot, you can see that the trailer is a short distance away. Like they're not connected yet. But when Kevin Bacon runs over there, finally, they don't show us him connecting the cat to the trailer. They just right. show us him driving the cat with the trailer on it. Like you don't need to waste five minutes showing like the drama of him trying to connect this thing. If he's just yeah. going to go ahead and do it, just you've already set it up that we need the cat. We need the trailer. So he gets to the cat and that's it. The next thing we see is him driving it with the trailer. That's just one of the things like where they've cut the fluff out, right? There's a lot of different scenarios like this in the movie where they easily could have just shown us this, or there's, there's points where Rhonda just shows up. She randomly appears. They could have shown, they could have shown Rhonda getting the seismic readings from her camp and like, hopping in her car, driving through the desert, getting to them, but they don't. And we don't need that. All we need to know is that she's there with the readings. You know, all we need to know is that the plan with the cat worked and now he's got the trailer hooked up. So these are things in movies that I I appreciate. In I should say in movies like this, like this style of movie, this is what I want. I, I love like long drawn out scenes in a different style of movie but i don't need to see that in this like that's what i want cut out to make this movie an hour and a half long instead of an hour and 50 minutes or or two hours and it it keeps everything exciting um it's like you said it it cuts the fluff out and if we have a a a tense scene in that connection where he's just going to do it and we know he's going to do it and he's going to get it done um it it kind of maybe makes other scenes less tense because we might just know that we're getting through this but i think not showing that and just having him do that it makes every scene that we are seeing intense because we're not sure if they're actually going to make it through that part they're at yeah it reminds me of uh kind of my whole beef with spielberg and how he draws his scenes out yeah and why i'm a bigger fan of zemeckis i feel like if this movie got remade by one of those guys i think zemeckis's version is better than Spielberg's for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Now, this plan with the cat just about works. Except the Graboids have dug a damned trap. They've dug up a damned trap, Dean. They they did it. I This part I get a little confused about. Because they dug up a damn trap. What's so confusing about them, that? Well, you see them digging up a damn trap and then in the distance. Everyone's like Everyone's like, what the heck are they doing? And Kevin Bacon's like, I don't care because they're doing it over there. But like, are they headed that direction? Or yeah. was that just... Yeah. So then... They're headed that direction. Why he should be like, we are getting pretty close to where they're going to... No, I guess because he doesn't really think that they, they did anything. He they don't know think what's going on. smart enough to like dig a hole for them. Yeah. yeah. And it's a little bit confusing because they don't show us the amount of time of them driving there to right. close they're that just distance. just there right away. Because yeah. we don't want to see that, right? So it's the same thing right. I've just mentioned. Like, we don't need to see them yeah. driving there. Just... Let them fall into the damn trap and mo- keep the movie going. When this cat goes into this hole, it's an oh shit moment. Like I'm, it's a big hole. It's a big hole, and it's like okay, that thing's done. You're not getting that cat out of that hole. No, and stunt doubles go flying off this thing. Stunt doubles go flying. Stunt doubles do a lot of uh, a lot of stunts in There's this a lot movie. Of, a lot of stunts that doubles wouldn't be doing nowadays in this movie. <laughs> They start to use bombs that Bert and Heather made to drive the Graboids back. And they make a run for the mountains. And they get to some... And they realize... I was going to say they realize that the explosion uh, is so loud that the uh, Graboids can't help but 
flee from it. Like right. they can't help but run away from the explosion. So it's not even that they're afraid they're going to be blown up. They are just so sensitive to that noise that they just got to run. Yeah, they don't have hands to cover their ears. Correct. From the sound. So they just yeah, they have to run away. That's it, man. That's exactly so it. So they do. They, they run away. And the, the crew gets to some rocks, but it's not the mountain. It's not quite there. So they're just stuck on some rocks now. And all hope seems lost. And oh, now Bert thinks they should have just stayed at his place. Ah, it's too late, Bert. That was my idea. got a plan. That was my idea was to stay at your place. Now you want to stay at your place when it's too late? Also, Tim, Bert seems to act like the plan was to get to this little rock. Like, this wasn't the plan. The plan was to get to the mountains. And he's like, what the hell? This is our plan? We get to this little rock? Now we're going to die. Oh, I didn't that pick wasn't, up on that. That wasn't Kevin Bacon's plan. No, they needed to get further. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But he's given it He's given it to Kevin Bacon like this was the plan. Yeah, great plan, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, this wasn't the plan. <laughs> well, Bert says if it comes to starvation, he's going to light a bomb. And walk out there and let them eat him alive. And that gives Earl an idea. He thinks they could use a bomb like a fishing lure and try to get the graboids to eat it. That's very smart. a really good idea. That's very smart. That's a really good idea. It is. Love it. I love when you come up with an idea to kill the monster that's actually smart. It makes complete sense in this movie. It's fantastic. They try it the first time and it works. They throw that bomb out there. The graboid comes, pops out of the ground, bites it, blows up. Brilliant. So three down, one to go. And the only one left is their old pal, Stumpy. The one that bit onto their truck and got half of the snake head ripped off. Yeah. Yes. Also very cool thing to do in this movie. Kind of like what they did in Jaws 2. uh, Marking up the shark, giving him a burn. Oh, yeah. They... Mark up this one graboid by ripping off one of the tentacles. So now every time we see a, the graboid that has one of the tentacles ripped in half, we know it's this particular one. Yeah. It's this one that grabbed the truck from the beginning. And there becomes this rivalry between like Kevin Bacon and this particular graboid. And he, for some reason, thinks this one's a lot smarter than the other ones because he notices every time it's there. He notices that this is the one that tried to get his truck. So I love it. I love this just visual cue that, oh, we know this one. Now it's personal. We It's not just one of these monsters. It's this monster that's been around the whole time. We know this yeah. one. It's a great way to give this creature personality where you have four 100%. of them that are exactly the same. I like that the one that's kind of like at a disadvantage because one of the snakeheads is gone is the one that lasts the longest is the Mm. smartest, maybe because it took that initial, you know, close call and lost a piece of its body there. But uh, any any way you slice it, I love that this thing has personality. This feels like a character. It feels like the boss at the Mm -hmm. end just by them calling back to it from earlier on. So it's great filmmaking. yeah, I don't second guess for a, like for a moment that this one's smart. When they say like, oh, this is the one from the beginning, it's yeah. smarter. I'm like, yes, I believe you. I believe that this is a smart one. Yeah, exactly. And it is the smart one because they try the same trick again. And Stumpy swallows the bomb, but then spits it out. And it goes flying and it lands in the bag of bombs. What a sick shot. He's got great aim, Stumpy, or he or she's a, got great aim. That was a three-pointer from half court, Tim. Was a, that was, was a, a sick, sick shot. The bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Earl, Kevin Bacon, and Rhonda are somehow thrown clean off the rock in the explosion, but yep. have taken absolutely no damage from it. <laughs> no. I don't that's, get this part either. That's strange. I like that they call it out, though. Bert's just like, what are you doing out there? <laughs> yeah, they're so far away. They're so far. Man. How did they get out there? Did they just, like, run? What are they doing? How are they not injured? So those three are now way out in the open and at risk to the Graboids. And everyone wants Kevin Bacon to throw the last bomb so mm. they can get back to the rock and be and safe. Die. And die. And be safe and die. <laughs> <laughs> be safe and starve that's right because 
if you use the last bomb, there's no way to kill the last Graboid. Yeah. So Kevin Bacon takes off running. He cuts loose. Right? He cuts loose, man. Cuts loose. He definitely does. He runs to the canyon's edge and he's at a cliff. He throws the bomb, but it's behind the Graboid. And everybody's like, oh, he missed him. Oh, shit. He missed him. Didn't, didn't, didn't work. But the bomb makes the Graboid pick up speed towards the edge of the cliff because it's trying to get away from the noise. And it runs straight out the side of the cliff, falls all the way down to the ground, and splatters at the bottom. Oh, gross. Just a gross, gross splatter at I the bottom. I can smell it. It smells bad. I can, I can kind of smell it. Yeah, it's very bad. Now, everybody's cheering, but nobody actually comes down off the rock. <laughs> they're all just standing on the rock cheering still. Like, they're all, like, terrified yeah. to still come down. I thought that was weird. They're still I'd afraid. I'd be running yeah. off that rock, like, yes, but they're just all up there, like, way to go. Yeah, okay. We're still on the yeah, rock. Can I... we get off the rock yet? Can we get off? I noticed that they're very afraid over there. Like, even when they were trying to distract the the Graboid at first and they were making noise, Bert, like, barely stepped on the ground and started hitting the ground and then he quickly jumped back on the rock. Like, it, he can see it. He can see it's, like, so far away. It's, like, 100 yards away and he's still just, like, he's quickly steps, bangs, and gets back on the rock. They're very afraid of these things, man. They they are not sure that there is only four of them. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's what it was. <laughs> they must think that if they step back on there, they're going to die. Yeah, they're just, yeah, terrified to, to get back on the ground. Um, But Kevin Bacon and Rhonda have one last scene together where a very awkward Kevin Bacon finds it in himself to kiss Rhonda. Credits roll to a Reba song and the end. Uh, fantastic. Kevin Bacon being super awkward and uh, horrible is so funny. It's great. So great. It's great. So bad in that he's just been talking about how he's the ladies man and he just can't yeah. work up the guts to even just like tell this, this woman he likes her. Yeah. I love that he turns to Earl's like giving him the eye and he's like, what are you doing? And I love that he turns to him and says like, I'm working up to it. Like I'm trying to get myself pumped up. And then Tim, it's a great kiss at the end. It they is turn great, yeah. like into the camera. Yeah, it's it's a great like spin turn into the camera kiss credits roll. It's a great ending. It's a great movie. I love it. Uh, I want to watch it right now. I want to watch it every day. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. Yeah, actually, I didn't mind the kiss at the end. Normally, I wouldn't like that, but they did. Oh, I like it. They didn't do a lot of build up in the movie towards that. There was yeah. a subtle, you know, not even flirtation, but you you knew from the beginning that Kevin Bacon was interested in any woman. Because he he talks about, like, when they come upon Rhonda and they see that it's a woman out in the desert here, he's like, oh, I want want her to be blonde. I want her to be tall. I want her to have, like, long legs. And then the girl that Rhonda is is kind of the complete opposite of that. And he's let down at the beginning that she's not what he had in his mind. And he even carries pictures of, like, his dream girl in his truck with him, right? Yeah. So I think it's his ex-girlfriend. Maybe, but maybe it's maybe, just pictures. Yeah, I guess they he never mentioned that. They it could just be someone he knows. Up to your, imagi- yeah, <laughs> up to your imagination. Yeah, up to your imagination. And there's not, there. there's like small, like building of like their relationship throughout the movie. Yeah. But nothing even close to them kissing. Um, no. So then at the end, when he kind of like, it's he almost kind of like loses his opportunity because he's so awkward. And then he goes, so he goes for it and he takes the kiss. He doesn't take the kiss, but he, they, they kiss at the end. And yeah. I just thought it was a really nice moment. I actually, it was a great way to end that movie. It was good. I, I really enjoy it. I, it's fantastic. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up now, a, a while back, I was on um, our buddies, Adam and John from Blast From Our Past podcast. Uh, they had me guest on a, an episode and we did our top 10 movie Creature, no, top 10 movie monsters is what we did. Yes. And the Graboid was on my list. And one of the things I mentioned on that episode that I just wanted to to reiterate here is I love this creature as a movie monster because in most of these horror flicks, you get like, okay, you've got Jason, you've got Freddy, you've got Michael Myers. All that happens in these movies is characters are trying to run away from the monster you get Mm -hmm. a movie 
like this, tremors, and the one thing you actually can't even do is run away from the monster. So they right. take that whole genre and kind of flip it upside down. Because what do you do if you've got a murderer hunting you and you actually can't even run away from them? So I really, really, really love the like the ingenuity behind the concept of this movie and then just how well they execute everything throughout. Yeah, and to that point, um, they do a really good job in the movie of having small wins over the monster, having small wins over the Graboid, and then immediately like that sort of not being the final thing that's going to solve it for you. Like getting up on the roof is a small win for everyone. They're all super um, relieved to be on the roof, but it quickly turns out that it's like, well, these things are smart and they're going to crumble these houses. So we have to figure something out else out. And then they take steps and steps and steps until they get to the end where they're all dead. So I, I like those as a, as a viewer, I like that. You know, I like small wins and then maybe a fail and then a win and a fail and a win and a right. fail because that's what can keep you sort of engaged in the next step of the movie. And I uh, mentioned before that they kind of took the Jaws idea and evolved it. And what I was referring to was that if you just had one creature, like, you know, Jaws, there's one shark. If you had one creature in this movie, I don't think it works as good because the land is kind of our yeah. area. Right. That, that works in the water because that's not our area. We're not used to the water. So that's fine. Right. So to evolve that idea, they make four of the creatures, which yeah. makes a little bit more sense because um, it's going to make it one. One, you probably kill one pretty quick Four, that's a whole different story. So I like that they kind of take the jaws on land idea, but they do cool things to evolve uh, and progress it to have it make more sense on the land. So I just think they did a really good job. I think it was a really well thought out story, top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also allows you to have these victories and to show you that your human characters are capable. Like a lot of human characters survive at the end of this movie. And that's because most of them were capable throughout the movie. It's not just like everybody fails at every single turn. And then at the end, you're like, well, could they really have taken down that monster? Because everybody else failed. Yeah. But you have four of them. So you have all these different groups of people who are able to take them down in whatever way, maybe accident or maybe they, you know, crash through the wrong basement. Um, right. You know, there's just a lot of different ways those uh, monsters can die. And, and in the end, it takes his it takes Kevin Bacon's like brains to beat that last one. And it's yeah, it, it it's great. I, I love I love how they split that up between all those four monsters. Yep. Awesome. Definitely recommend checking this movie out. If you haven't seen oh, it before, check time. it out. If you have seen it before and forget it, check it out. It's a great movie. Big time. It holds up. Now we're gonna do something a little bit different this week with what if and trivia. We're going to feed them both to the Graboids, Dean. Oh, no. Yeah, we're doing that. Um, we've been doing What If as long as this podcast has been going on. We've been doing trivia for a couple of months now. And they've both been a lot of fun. And it's mm -hmm. going to be sad to say goodbye. But we both think it's time for a bit of a change. And we are going to say so long to those segments. It's time to go to Bixby. It's time... <laughs> right that's right well well said way to go yeah <laughs> um they like maybe maybe they make an appearance again uh down the line maybe we'll come up with a new segment but um for now we're just gonna put those ones to rest um uh, we have to pay brian every time we roll the what if clip because his we're using his yeah. voice and it's just becoming too expensive to be honest with we you gotta we gotta kind of afford and we have to we have to either cut what if or we have to cut our intro and we need our intro. So definitely. Yeah. We have to cut. And what if. Or we would have had to cut the Christmas song and we need, we need Brian for Christmas. Yeah, that's right. We need him for Christmas. So yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Th those are gone. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe something new comes out, but uh, it's all good. And Dean, thank you for joining. Yeah, man. Loved this one. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.